morning, good afternoon, or good evening, depending on what time you're listening to this. And welcome to Go Ask Your Father, the podcast for dads by dads about dads. And we are on episode five. Uh, if you had uh, betting pools, thought I was not going to last this long, well, ha, showed you, even though this is technically episode six, but I don't count the solo episodes, I guess, other than the pilot episode, but that's besides the point. But we are in episode five. Uh, before we get started, I want to go ahead and uh, thank everyone who has liked the Facebook page. I appreciate you. Uh, if you have not liked the Facebook page, guess what? Now is a great time to get over to Facebook and look up Go Ask Your Father podcast and you will find me and my wonderful face and not really my face because my head is looking down and I'm holding my coffee cup and I look sad, but I promise you I'm not sad. I was just tired. Um, uh, also, just want to say, if you're interested in jumping on the show and uh, having a chat with me, uh, go ask your father for at gmail.com, reach out, or you can message me on Facebook, whichever you'd like to do. But enough of that. We are here today with uh, a, a gentleman that I met about a year ago. We met via a Facebook page for dads of kids on the autism spectrum. And with me today, uh, very good friend now, uh, all around badass son of a, I shouldn't swear that much on this podcast because my mom listens to it, Mr. Seth France. Seth, how you doing tonight, buddy? Good, my friend. How are you doing? I'm setting up all right, man. Just uh, I, I can't get back to work yet because the doctor said no. So, <laughs> so I'm hey, just... Man. My experience is you got you got to go with the doctor's orders on that. So yeah, if, if they tell you to rest and stay home, you know what? I mean, as much as we like to be bad A's and all that, <laughs> we got to we got to listen to them. That's true. Uh, otherwise, my hand will fall off, and I will have a hook for my a hook for a hand. And my wife was actually okay with that, but wow, I don't well, know why. That, that, that way you could reach things a little bit higher, maybe with your little hook, like R. well she's already that's like 80 percent of the reason why she married me is because i'm taller than she is and i can reach things on the top shelf when she can't so it works out it's it all works out for the best but still i still think you should just listen yeah 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 i want no infection man (laughs) yeah no it's not no it was already infected now it just it is what it is what can you do that's true uh but like I said, uh, Seth and I share a, the common experience of being special needs dads. I know there are parents out there who are fairly specific as to what how they like it to be addressed. I have a child on the spectrum. I have a child with autism. I have blah, 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 blah. Yeah. <laughs> For some strange reason, Seth, I don't get that vibe from you. No, I, you know, so... You know, my, you know, Callan, my son is eight years old. So when he was diagnosed, it, he was two, right? So, um, and of course, like any dad that's on this, you know, their child's on a spectrum, you really are dumbfounded. I kind of was, you know, so, yeah. you know, I didn't read all the books. And to me, it was just autism, right? And then it was um, the word autistic, you know, and some people, you know, even, I don't know. I, I I just think that, you know, really honestly for me with the puzzle pieces and all that kind of stuff, it's more of like us trying to figure them out and they don't have to be fitted into what we do. It's more like what they are doing. So I don't know the word autism and all that. It doesn't really offend me. I don't really think it actually offends my son. You know what I mean? Cause I think he, he's not really nonverbal, even though he does talk a little bit. I just don't think that he's never said anything to me or I, don't, I really just don't think he has any, with it no i my son is non-verbal or we like to refer to him as pre-verbal yeah he's got some he's got some things down like tonight my son is currently on a kick where it's he wants his toothbrush not to actually brush his teeth but just to chew on it and he likes the taste of toothpaste you know i but look i'll be honest they're, they're boys, just like we were. So I, I probably did the same thing, but uh, I didn't go through that many toothbrushes. I will be honest. No, no. But, I, find a, I find a toothbrush being like done one and done in, in about a week. And then I yeah, like, oh, yeah. So I already have like three or four packs are ready to go. So absolutely. <laughs> I know. Absolutely. <laughs> so, but no, uh, but no, he looked at me tonight and he said, more, please. Because I've been trying to teach him to, because he has the the iPad, okay. 
which uh, has Proloquo to go on it, and he uses that some. But we've been trying to, if he, we're trying to use that more as a model than an actual tool. So, and that's probably a good thing. So, um, Kellen, you know, I know that I don't necessarily have an iPad. Um, he just actually he just got one. You know, my dad bought him one for uh, this Christmas, and I know his mom uses an iPad, but he really it's only for like thirty minutes, right? So. Um, if once he does all his stuff that he does during the day, then it's like he gets his iPad time for like 30 minutes. So it's probably around like maybe six, six 30. Yeah. And he's for 30 minutes. He's one and done. I mean, Cause I mean, he's already like engaging, especially with like YouTube with me. Like he, he does that kind of things, but I don't want him to be probably the same way. Don't want him to be sitting there on the iPad, for no. too long, you know, no, I, want but, uh, more, I want him to be more engaged, you know. So, oh, absolutely. Yeah. And quick pause, uh, because I, I do plug literally everything. I plug podcasts. I plug bands. I plugged uh, Chris's workshop last week. So I'm going to go ahead and do the same thing for you, my friend. Uh, Seth actually has a YouTube channel. I recommend going out to it. Uh, my son with autism is the name of the channel. It is basically your life with your son and going through the things that you guys go through. And I got to be honest with you. I watched a couple of the videos tonight. <laughs> I, I had been trying to keep up with it, but I watched the, uh, the one where he's singing the uh, Bruno yeah. Mars song Yes, because Bobby yeah. is, he loved, Oh God, I don't remember the name. It wasn't uh 24 karat gold. It was, um, Oh, it, it was there's it is escaping me. Yeah. I, I, there's a couple oh. Besides 24 karat gold that, that Kellen likes too, you know? So and I'm like, I feel like there's that song that you're thinking of is the same song I'm thinking of, but I just can't think of the, the name. I, I have Spotify on my phone, so I'm looking it up. Oh, right now. Well, there you go. Um, my wife just texted me. It's called Uptown Funk because she can it. hear me. Yes, that's it. That's the she, one. Apparently, that's she can hear me from the bedroom. And can... <laughs> See, that's, that's what they're good for, you know? See, you. That's that's they gotta let you know. She, hey, I she helps me out, and without her, I I would not be the kind of father I really want to be. See, but, that's that's how they work. They gotta keep you in line a little bit. Hey, she. <laughs> Thank you, Caitlin. I love you. <laughs> but yeah, man. No, I I gotta admit, man. It's I love watching Elle's videos, though. Um, so I like to, you know, I'll be honest with that. When I made, when I started creating that video and, and really you don't see a whole lot of, there was like maybe one episode where I did like editing and that was that we were like motor world, like going go-kart racing. Right. Yeah. And that was the only time I actually like took three or four videos from that day and put them together because there's like, I also got like all these bloopers that I can do. <laughs> oh man. And I, I wish I could, I wish I could just send them right now and show them to you because they are so funny. And oh, it's not sure. me thinking it's funny. It's other people have seen them think it's funny. And I'm like, they have asked me, hey, why don't you do like a blooper, like YouTube video of just you and him? I'm like, I'm like, you know what? That'd be awesome. But I'm so tech not savvy. Like, and See, this is the beauty of the podcast is the fact that I don't have to do a whole heck of a lot of editing. Yeah, that's true. It's just it's just a conversation. It's yeah. literally I when I yeah. when I go to re, uh, actually edit all this, it's I take small sections, I delete them, and that's it. That's all I have to do and it streams like perfectly together. That's so really. it's beautiful. Oh yeah. It's it, the program I use is not hard. It's fairly user-friendly and fairly idiot-proof, but it's all for audio though. So I don't know, man. I mean, it might be idiot for me because I, I just look at it as technology like golf. Like I really suck at golf too. Like I can't even hit the freaking golf ball <laughs> at a driving range. Like the golf club will go 40 yards down the field, but the ball sits right spot and dead on right where it's at. As long as something's going 40 yards down the field. No. <laughs> yeah. Well, still <laughs> idiot proof me. <laughs> nah, it's good, brother. It's good. <laughs> so but yeah, I just, I just yeah, decided to do that, that. I just decided to do that YouTube video two years ago. I guess it was just more of, you know, I never really saw like I did a lot of like research, and I saw a lot of moms doing that stuff, right? Yeah. And and I saw a lot of families doing it together, and I never, I kind of thought of it as, well, I don't see a whole lot of a single dad, you know, on his part racing on his what he goes through, right? With oh, his yeah. 
his special needs son. So I kind of just wanted to be like raw as much as possible. He and we were sitting in the car and he me and him were just talking into the camera. Like to me, that's that's so raw compared to like a lot of them that are out there that you know, because we're not getting any funds off it. I never really expect to, really honestly. I just want to show like if it helps out like one dad, and I've had people like reach out to me and saying, Man, like your videos really helped me, and I'm like pretty shocked about that because I just feel like I'm just some regular Joe Schmo, you know. No, so, yeah, man, that's absolutely see that's kind of the whole point of doing stuff like this. And honestly, it it's stuff like your YouTube channel is what's important. Because there aren't a lot of dads who are that open and that raw yeah. to uh, just put out there what they're what they're going through and the kind of things that they go through as being a father to a special needs child. So, I mean, it's 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 a good thing what you're doing because I think, uh, like my wife and I started a Facebook page for my son, just chronicling his journey and everything he's gone through. Oh, okay. And um, and at that point, it was because, like, I had seen a lot of uh, Facebook pages and things like that of moms that have been doing that, but there were only two that I found. Really, uh, dads doing that. Well, two. Oh, oh so you talk about dads? Yeah. So dads, dads. actually doing it. Uh, and yeah. that was Inc. for Autism. There's a guy up in Canada, and I think uh, two or three of his. He's actually a tattoo artist, and he's uh working on becoming a stand-up comedian. Uh, wow, yeah. what a change. Dude, it's so but uh, he's actually opening his first shop as well. But this is like all up in Canada. And um he has a page uh my friend Charlotte directed me to because she uh she works in ABA. So she works with kids on the spectrum all the time and um directed me that way uh just so she, I had kind of uh, I, I guess a, a point that I can kind of be like, oh, this is a dad who's going through it and s- something I can look towards. And then there's another guy uh, in England, uh, autism from a dad's eye view. Which I've heard of that one. Yeah. He's he's funny as all get out. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, real good guys. So you're seeing, but you these guys are also married and they have the kids and the house and everything. You don't see a lot of single dads wanting to do the same thing. So the fact you that know, you're putting yourself out there like that, I think, is huge. I don't know. I just think that, like, even like, so for me, in a background was, and I don't know if like you felt this way too or not, but you know, when we kept, when Ken was diagnosed, you know, it, it was not like I could talk to my friends about it, but a lot of those those questions that people were saying to me was like at first was, and they meant no harm, was more of man, I didn't know, or, or he seems like a normal kid. You know what I mean? Like, but, but you knew as a parent, like man, he's delayed. He's not really saying a whole lot, you know? Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. So I really didn't have any guy friends to really, you know, to really talk about it, you know, talk about how I felt like, because it was a loss. There was, you know, the, I think the feeling that most parents feel and even not, and, and more so as a dad, because dads don't always speak up about how they actually feel about when their child is diagnosed with whatever, right? It oh, yeah. Be not, not just autism, but just the fact of like cerebral palsy or something like that where it contained because we have all these dreams for our kids. Oh, yeah. And we want them to succeed to the to the max of what life can give them. And then when something like that happens, you kind of like you're kind of pissed. A, okay. and, and, you know what I mean? You're, you're, you're mad, you're upset, you're, you're pissed off that like, well, how come this happened to me and not anybody? You know what I mean? So, But once you kind of get over that that feeling, and I think also for me, it was like once I found that out that he was autistic, it I, I thought I was going to be open about it, but I kind of shut down myself and kind of just pushed, not really forcefully pushed my friends away, but it was like, you know, here it's- I am. You know what I mean? You're, like you're to feeling feel- like they don't understand what you're going through, so you want to put yourself in a bubble. Yes. And you, how can they possibly understand what you're going through? Yeah, and it was almost so. like it was almost like a feeling of I don't I don't say this very lightly, but almost like a like when I talk about sense of loss, it was almost like a sense of, of almost not death, but like like I said, like the dream that like 
and playing I, football I've, or just whatever. I've know? heard this a lot where it's like you're grieving for what could have been. Yes. And I think that is important as far as being a special needs dad is concerned, is that you grieve for that. Uh, your son's probably not going to, like, just like my son, he's probably yeah. not going to play baseball. He's probably not going to do that. Probably not going to do that. But the important thing as far as that process is concerned is putting that to bed so you can realize the potential that your kid has and the things he can do. That's fair. And I think that's really where a lot of guys struggle. Oh, yeah. Because we don't talk compared to women. You know, like, so when, you know, Kellen's mom, like, she she shut down for a little bit, but she at least talked to, like, her friends about it, right? And um, I myself, so I, I kind of saw that, you know, where she was able to do that, and I couldn't, you know, and, and I couldn't figure out why I just couldn't break free from that. And I think maybe it was – could could have been time. It could have just been I needed time to just figure out where I was going through with all this. You know what I mean? With him. And I think was I was trying to figure out, okay, let's 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 figure this out. Let's problem solve. Let's let's we could beat this. And then I realized maybe about a year afterwards, like, okay, this is a, a journey. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like oh, yeah, they, they, that's when the they say thing. journey, like that's what it is. And like I think that's when their aha moment happens. Oh yeah. And then it's when you, you realize there's nothing to beat. Yes. It's you, just you can't yeah. defeat this. This is just yep. a part of who he is. Yep. And yep. it's a part of his journey and your journey as a father. Yeah. So once you so, realize that, you have that aha moment, then it's just like, man. oh, okay, well, let's yeah. let's keep walking. Let's keep rolling yeah. with this and see where we can get. So So I think that's where, you know. So Kellen was like five, maybe six. Yeah, he's about. He was five is when I started doing the videos with him. Yeah, because at that time I realized, and I had already started doing some videos, like in a grocery store, him pushing the cart and all that. You know, I wanted him to get, you know, I wanted to start him to get early, early age of being independent. Yeah, you know, that was my goal of like even him just pushing the cart at the grocery store, just kind of, hey, I'm doing something. You know what I mean? Uh, but I think I, after that point, I was definitely over that that whole hump, and I think I felt more of the feeling of wanting to help other dads who went through that, you know, and are going through that. Like, oh my gosh, like where do we go from here? Oh yeah. Was it my son is six and he's starting to show that independent streak? Like he doesn't really need us anymore, or at least that's how it seems to be going. <laughs> uh, because like he like a big thing. Oh, it gets his, better. Oh, I, I know it does. I've seen it, but I'm just like, I, he used to ask us for things. And now it's like, wait, I could pull this chair over to the counter. I can reach in and get it myself. I don't need you guys anymore. You guys go do your thing. I got this. And then uh, that's when the chaos ensues because he reaches for things he probably shouldn't be reaching for. So, yeah. And that, you know what? I tell people this now is that. Even though he's autistic, he's still an eight-year-old boy. So oh, yeah. he's gonna have he's gonna have that concept of being a little boy, being like mischievous. Like, oh, what? What? How far can I push this? You know what I mean? Oh, he's yeah. testing us constantly. Oh, it, it's gonna it's gonna continue through seven and eight. <laughs> Just letting you know. <laughs> I was gonna say I thought the sixth year was hard, so I got oh, more man. stuff. Coming. Oh man! Well, at oh. least you at least you're giving me a heads up. I appreciate that. <laughs> Good luck. And it is what it is. You know what, man? But I'm enjoying it. Probably the biggest thing though right now with Bobby is that um, we have him because I'm not sure if Kellen uh, did any type of therapies. Uh, OT, yeah. Yeah. Speech yeah. ABA therapy. He right now he's in speech therapy and uh, OT therapy. Nice. Uh, we, so, we're, oh yeah. We're trying to get Bobby into ABA because we realize uh, he definitely needs it. Uh, it's one of those things, uh, just like small things that we know uh, he can do. It's just trying to get him to do it. So it's uh, so we're trying to work him into ABA once we find someone that comes to Gloucester. Uh, but we have him in speech OT, but the, probably the biggest thing that has helped him over the years is music therapy. So, wow. Wow. Probably, I, I didn't even, I asked why they do do music therapy. Don't there's, you? there's not a lot of companies out there that do it. Um, shout out to Tidewater Music Therapy located in Yorktown, Virginia. going to go ahead and uh, 
plug my therapy, my son's therapist while I'm here. Um, oh, exactly. Uh, she actually, his therapist have, uh, you watched, uh, Pharrell Williams, uh, yeah. Netflix show mm-hmm. voices of fire. Yeah. She's in that. Is she really? Yeah, she is. She, oh. she doesn't have a, a giant role in it, but we watched it on Netflix and we would stop when she was on camera and take a picture and send it to her. So, but no, she's, uh, my son's therapist is, uh, a part of that choir. So, That's cool, oh yeah. So she's, but she's done such an amazing, cause she incorporated, uh, everything from speech and OT and, and just put a musical flair to it. And considering both of us, yeah. Are musically inclined because uh for those who don't know seth does just like me play the bass <laughs> that is true so, yeah yes, sir yeah. uh you've been in bands for oh well <laughs> i yeah i started in bands when like the funny thing is i was in marching band you know you start somewhere right i guess yeah. Actually, Actually, before- i played I Look, played the clarinet, all right? Before, so. I can tell you this. I used to play, so me, and, and I'll tell you a little story. So me, my brother, I have an older brother who's eight years older than me and my sister who's five years older than me. So when we were younger, you know, my sister and my brother, like, got me into, like, those old bands, like, the you know, the Boston and, and, oh, gosh, like, I remember, like, Aerosmith and all them. Oh, yeah. I was, like, maybe, like, eight at the time. So my sister and my brother were, like, blasting out, like, Guns N' Roses and White Snake and all. So we would literally put on a show. So I would have, like, this fake, like, keyboard-looking thing on me, you know I mean, with a little string, right? My brother would do, like, the lighting, okay? My brother would be like, all right, I'm going to do the lighting. Okay, cool. My sister would be like, I don't know what she was doing. She was just dancing around, like, you know, the white snake girl, you know, in those movies, videos, whatever. But the thing was, was that we were putting on an act for like my family, my parents, and and that was like my introduction to be like, hey, I want to play music, right? So I got into marching band. Uh, Wasn't, well, let's put this way. There's better snare drum players than i <laughs> you know what i mean i did my best i kept the beat but i got you but there was something you're able to about, keep the beat that's what matters yeah but there was something about it i was just like you know what man like there's more to this than just a snare drum watching walk around in a marching band right oh, yeah so i had some friends of mine and you know i was gonna play drums and the other guy was gonna play bass and we kept practice we practiced for a couple of times and I wasn't feeling it. He wasn't feeling it. We kind of just looked at each other like, hey, man, do you want to switch? Yeah, yeah. So we switched, and I actually was like, hey, wait, does this mean when we play a show, I'm up front? And they're like, yeah. I'm like, I dig it. All right. I'm, I'm good go with it. it. I'm good with that. Well, let's roll with it. You know? So, And <laughs> that's that's how I got started playing bass, actually. Nice. Like, it just kind of fell into my lap. Like, it wasn't like something I grew up and was like, I'm going to play the bass. You know? Yeah. Uh, Oh no! Uh, what all throughout middle school, I played the clarinet. So, uh, uh, really? yes, I did. Um, but uh, <laughs> I, I, I dropped it when I got out of middle school. I went joined ROTC instead. But, but did you drop I, it on purpose, though? Yes. Yeah. Okay. That's what <laughs> My I mean. mom was overly thrilled because she bought the clarinet and she's like, "You're gonna yeah. play this." I'm like, "Yes, yes, okay." Well, uh, why? Uh, I don't want to though. No. Uh, but, uh, I went two years without playing music in high school. And then my junior year of high school, a, a bunch of my friends were like into music. And I started falling into that real like punk rock and like ska. And honestly, I was the first band I truly fell in love with was the Dropkick Murphys. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. Still to this day, probably my favorite band in the world is the Dropkick Murphys. Um, but I started getting like pop punk and ska and stuff like that. And my brother came home from college with a bass and I I might have borrowed it, uh, more than a bit. And I, (laughs) I I started learning a bit how to play and then, uh, just started tinkering around. And then just over the years, I just kept tinkering and playing and joining different bands, starting bands and just kind of messing around. You know, you know, what's funny is that um, Greg Willis, I'm good friends with Greg Willis from the old Unibombers, right? Oh, yeah. Uh, So me and him still talk to this day even. Um, And funny thing is, 
is that I looked at like the Unabombers, like when when Bugging Out, that was like my first band. What was a three piece, and like they kind of took us in, and we would open up for them or so. Yeah, because they were a three piece band, and we were three, you know what I mean they they kind of looked him and Trey, you know, looked out for us, and I was with them as like big brothers, and I remember. Um, there was this place called Route 44 down the oceanfront. Man, we were like some like no name like little punk rock band, right? And there's like hardcore bands playing around, and people liked us, which was crazy to even like fathom, man. Like I was just like, what the, what the hell, man? I got this big afro, you know what I mean? Yeah, we're not we're not hard. We don't even look hardcore, <laughs> but people loved us, and I was like, this is insane. But anyways. The point being was, we played this show, we played this place called Route Forty Four. It's not there anymore, of course, at the ocean front. Oh yeah. And um, I guess Greg Greg Woods decided to, or one of us put a picture or stickers. You know, everybody has these. There's all these stickers in this picture, yeah. like bands. And just one spot, everybody's sticker was always all black, black and white, black and white. Yeah. And we decided to make ours red. And like a little bit of black outline with some white, and it stuck out more than any other sticker that was in around oh, all yeah. the stickers. So, oh no, he showed me that 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 photo, and I was just like, "Wow, that was." Makes you feel old, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it does. I mean, heck, at the the Chicho's down to Oceanfront, I remember we opened up our first show ever. Uh, I was seventeen. I wasn't even eight. I wasn't able to drink. And the funny thing was, was. They just let us play there, but we had to leave right away. And it was like during a weekday, you know, like school night, whatever. So we said, okay. So we get, we're about to, we're about to play this, play this, our first ever show, you know, and people that are watching us are like, at least like 30, 35. They have no idea these little kids playing. We start playing our first song and the drummer, oh, he, he bombed it. He bombed it so oh. bad, so bad. And all I'm doing is I'm staring around, turning around, looking back behind me, and I'm thinking to myself, I just want to get a shovel and bury myself in a hole and not come out. Somehow we kept playing. I couldn't even tell you how we kept doing it, but we did. You got we through it. it. We got through the nerves. How about that? We got through the nerves. So there you go. That was a good memory to have. Dude, it's, it's those first couple shows that I remember yeah. playing. They're hard, man. Well, the funny thing is I can't remember the second, second show we played. I just remember the first show so much because – he bombed it so bad that I wanted to puke. <laughs> I was so like, "This is bad. I need to. I need to go home." <laughs> I remember one of the first shows we played. It was a um, first show I played. It was a uh, a fundraiser. My friend was doing for a senior boards project, and it was in Middlesex, so it's like middle of nowhere. Nice. But he got like, uh, a, as far as local bands are concerned, I'm not sure if you remember the No Talent show. Uh, they were a ska band out of Virginia Beach. Yeah. I do actually remember that. Yeah. Uh, 10 years from now, uh, we're a pop punk band out of Yorktown, Gloucester. Uh, actually, him and uh, the bassist and his brother started a jazz band. And I actually had Jeff on the podcast uh, a couple weeks ago. So really? shout out to Good Chat. I'm actually their merch guy, too. Oh, wow. So, <laughs> see, I, I ended up shifting from playing music in high school to just running merch tables. So. Can't Honestly, be that. dude it was a lot of fun i enjoyed it no but i remember that show vividly because at the time i was playing bass and doing vocals and i bombed hard so so hard I it is just, the worst feeling man it really it, is like the nerve <coughs> i don't know if you could even put into words the the most nauseous you know like it's almost like when when your nerves bomb so bad like that you feel like the whole world's just going like it's like a black feeling of you're just getting crushed. You're like, oh my gosh, like what's happening here? It's and really, like, really bad. And, and you're still going along. It might take a minute, and then like you snap out of it. You're like, you look at each other, like, is this over yet? What just, what just happened, man? Did, Can we go home, fun? please? Yes, yes, yes. Let's just pack up and head home, guys. It's been fun. I know I've been playing for thirty seconds. Uh, I'm out of here. I'll see you guys later. I tell you what, man. I tell you what, but yeah, that that was a, a good. You know, I could look back and say those, those were good memories to have. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. Even though I'm not in a band anymore right now, as it is, like it, it, if I was a being a band now, it'd just be for fun. But yeah, I'm, I'm so busy as it is. You know, trying to do all it's this hard. Stuff. It's hard to play. 
yeah hard to try and get something together because it's like it seems like every single time i've ever reached out to like friends uh that i used to be in bands with it was just it would just be like hey guys we need we need to get together we need to you know play all of our old stuff and have fun and get together it'd be great it'd be great and then nothing happens and then like eight to ten months later we text each other and we do it all over again so (laughs) it's always the same conversation nothing ever happens you know, we've been we've been asked. I was in a band called the Kill Club with Jeff. You know, uh, yeah. And we've 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 kind of openly discussed about doing a reunion, just reunion show. But it's been discussed like I'd say probably about four or five times. Just even even on Facebook, yeah. And just nothing ever really commits to it. You know? No, that just but, you, you got at this point in your life, you're like your mid late thirties. You're like you have. You have a kid, you have a life, you have things that you need to get done. So that's true. Yeah. And it, it's, it is what it is. Like I, I miss, I don't miss playing cause I still play, but it's, I play at church. So it's completely different. That's a lot different. Well, I mean, I play, yeah, I play in my, you know, my own place, you know, with yeah. my only audience is, is Kellen, my son. So, yeah. no. <laughs> no, it's a, but I will say this, I've played in front of more people at my church than I've ever had played anywhere else in any other style really? of music i go to water's edge so it's like it's a giant auditorium and like sundays are maybe a couple hundred people there and it's just like there's more people like I, I played the easter service it was recorded and sent out and like tell you what if you bomb a song i don't think jesus is gonna look bad on you okay? no and also there's a lot of media <laughs> being played at the same time so if i right. miss something up it's just i have i also have a volume pedal so i just slowly lower myself down you just point to that person like nope it was him it was the lead <laughs> no, it, anyone else it wasn't me it was the track guys it was the track it was all the track it was the lighting <laughs> the light. no we'll just blame the sound guy that's fine yeah, there you go. Yeah. so uh another thing about uh, Seth, and this is probably um, probably I, I'm assuming it was difficult to talk to your son about, but recently Seth was diagnosed with cancer as well. Um, but it was it was in your nose, is what you told me. Yeah. So, all right. So how it started, man, was um, last July or so, 2020. I noticed like a small, like tiny, like bump, just a smallest the smallest bump and something was telling me that i should just go to the dermatologist and just get it just removed i don't know i didn't to me at that time i didn't think anything bad so they removed a little bit but um you know they they came back in a week and said oh it's benign nothing serious but i noticed in the mirror i looked like it had grew bigger and i was like that doesn't, that's not supposed to happen, I don't think. And so, of course, I Googled it. I said, what, you know, because I'm trying to figure out what is going on. Like The ultimate is, doctor. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, <laughs> I'm a guy, you know. So I went back in to the dermatologist and they, they cut off more. And the dermatologist actually said like, hey, you know, this – this could be something. This, this, it's, it's weird as it came back. She was kind of, she seemed kind of concerned in her face that it yeah. came back so quickly, and a lot more. There was a lot more growth to it, right? So, uh, they came back and said that it was spindle cell sarcoma, which is a rare. If like you Google it, which I really didn't Google too much of it, but if you do, it's a very rare form of, of cancer, and it's a skin cancer, but it's worse than was the uh, melanoma or whatever. Yeah. So. Uh, yeah, I had to have surgery, uh, in the middle of October to get the, uh, the area of cancer removed out of my nostril through and through, uh, that was pretty hard to deal with just because, you know, when they started talking to me about, Hey, they're going to have to cut me here, have this piece outside my face, uh, taking out my cartilage out of my ear. It just was like, gosh, I'm supposed to. What was it do about that? You know, like it might. Yeah. I don't know. It just was like a lot of mind blowing going on at one time. And when I finally um, kind of had a conversation with Kellen, um, you know, he saw he, he saw when he saw the, the whole when he had saw my vein had been cutting out and looking down where my nostril is. 
that's when he he didn't he didn't get upset, but he was kind of more like looking at it and trying to. Yeah. He was actually pushing my face to a certain area, looking down. Yeah, it was like he was trying to like just figure out what's going on. Yeah, without really saying anything, he was just kind of investigating his own way. He got used to it. Now, when I explained to him that Daddy has cancer and Daddy's uh, getting fixed by the by the doctors. I could be honest about this and say I'm not sure if he – I know he understands, but there was no, like, feedback of, all right, Dad, I, I got you. You know what I mean? Um, so it was more of just me just, just telling him this and just, you know, moving on from it. But I wanted to be very transparent and open to him about it because he had every right to know what's going on with Dad. Absolutely. You know, so I always wanted to tell him Dad's getting fixed. I really, um, I'll be honest, I really knew that, like, in the end, it was going to be okay with everything that's going to happen. Um, but it felt like at the time that it, when it happened, when I was going through it, it, it definitely was scary because, and the fact that they told me that within a month, if I didn't go back, it, they would have taken off half my nostril or half my nose. Whew. And then in six months, if I didn't, hadn't gone, it would have been in my lymph nodes. And by then, it, it would have been, I would have been in bad shape. Yeah. So that's why, that's like, I like, you got to check out. Yeah, I mean, that's what I was telling you earlier. You know, I had, uh, I lost weight. I lost a lot of weight, um, and also I was having a lot of headaches. So once I had all this surgery and then we got this removed, I'll be honest, I haven't had headaches. I've gained all my weight back that I've, I've gotten. You know what I mean? So I kind of. I mean, there was a lot of stress going on, but I have a feeling that there was something that it had something to do with it. I, yeah. You know what I mean? Oh, I'm sure. Like, I remember my dad when he was uh, going through his, because uh, my dad had uh, non Hodgkin's lymphoma. Oh, gosh. Um, so that's, that, that, yeah, that's nothing to mess with. Was... It's just the sound of that. You know, <laughs> you that word? Lymphoma? Oh, yeah. Like, just the sound of it. It's like, no, it's it. You could just tell, like, just from hearing the name of it. See, that's the thing. Any, hearing any type of cancer is just kind of frightening to some degree. You, you know, I, it was funny when I heard the word cancer. They told me they told me over the phone. All right, they told me over the phone, like, you have cancer, so we need to send you to. They were going to send me to EVMS, uh, and, and and the big the big hospital around here, Norfolk General, right, and. Um, they were for a while. They weren't sure like where they're going to send me at. They were like, "Oh, we're going to send you this this cancer specialist." Uh, and then it was like, "No, no, no." We're, you know what I mean? I was like, I, I was kind of like dumbfounded because I was like, "Well, maybe it's not so bad, right? Maybe like they just don't know what they're doing. <laughs> maybe they miss. Maybe they misunderstood it." And then like when I get there to the first doctor, he was like, "All right, man. You know, he kind of talked about maybe cutting a nostril." Yeah, but. He said, hey, we need to get you a CT scan, but we're also going to go ahead and set up some surgeries. Well, I had thought that <laughs> my thought was if I get the CT scan and it comes back negative, then maybe I don't have to have surgery. Maybe it's not as bad. Well, they just wanted to make sure it wasn't in my lymph nodes at that moment, you know, because yeah. otherwise they would have to do something else. I didn't know really that like it was already pre-ordered that I was going to have surgeries. So they I knew what they were doing. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So I go back to the doctor uh, October 2nd. I remember it. October 2nd. And I go in and they have all these cameras around, which I, sh I didn't know. But that was for the plastic surgeon to take pictures of my face to get so they can have a really good way of how they're going to tackle all this. And uh, he's basically he takes a, a marker and marks around my nostril. Right. And he's just dot, 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 dot. And I'm like trying to figure out what he's doing. Then he goes and grabs a mirror. And he shows it to me. He presents the mirror right in front of my face. And I see how big of a cut they're going to do to my nose. And I'm like, I said, what is that? And he goes, we're not just going to have to cut the outer layer. We're going to have to cut through and through your nostril. And I was like, I, I kind of just went blank. Because that's 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 crazy, right? Oh, I mean, yeah. that's, that's crazy. It's like to me that was crazy talk. I'm like, you got to be kidding me! And I, I, he starts talking about he's gonna have to cut my neck, put new skin in there, and then they're gonna have to take this vein that's between my forehead and like my eyebrow, like bend it down. And I'm like, I I kind of just zoned out. Like 
he's like, I know you're young and this sucks and there's really no easy way of saying this. And then I was like, I said, wait a minute, time out. Time, I, I said, stop. We're, we're having surgery. Like, and he's like, yeah, your first one's in two and a half weeks. And I'm like, two and a half weeks. I'm like, what? Like, oh my God. then he's like, then you're going to have another surgery a week later. I'm like, another one? Like, how many I got to do? He's like, four. I'm like, four? Like, dude, I was I was losing my mind, man. I was like, this is not ha- – like, you I did not shut down at that point. Dude, I, I felt like I had a bomb just blew up on me. Like, I really oh, did. Sure. So I walked out of, of the building, and I'm walking to my vehicle. And everybody's just in la-la land. And I'm thinking to myself, man, everybody's in their own world just – Life's still going on, and now I'm. And at that moment, I did start thinking about what, what, what is happening to me? Because they they reiterated said you have cancer, you have cancer. Like they, because I, I think that's when it really hit home that I actually do have cancer, right? Yeah. And that's when I started started thinking about, you know, this is serious, more serious than I thought. I had no idea. Uh, I just thought it was just a tiny bump, so I didn't know that this kind of cancer spread so fast that they had to really attack it. Uh, so that's, that's why they couldn't do chemo because it would have just burned it, burned it yeah. off. And it it would have burned more than what it should have, I guess. So I don't know. That's when I started thinking about what would happen to me and then what would happen to my son. I kind of started thinking about a lot of those things and like, you know, I'm his dad and like no one's, I know it sounds a little bit prideful, but no one's sound. No one's going to protect him more and better than I do, because oh, that's yeah. my job. That's my job as a as a as a father. So uh, I don't I don't take that lightly at all. Yeah. <laughs> uh, was that was that really hard though, the, having to sit down and explain it to him? Because I know we touched on that a little bit, but so I, I, that part was a little like just a little bit touching. Um, I think more the hard part was was trying to deal with it on my own because I I had a when I found out I, I it was hard for me to function right so when they told me all that stuff I, I couldn't even like I didn't tell them right away I think I waited till after I had my surgery yeah and then I let them know hey daddy daddy's you know because the first surgery all they did was just they just took off a little piece you couldn't even look like I had band aids right yeah. so that's when I explained to him. Daddy's has cancer. Daddy's, you know, getting fixed up. Um, actually, that video is actually put uh, put on YouTube. Uh, oh yeah, of that mm-hmm. conversation. That was the conversation uh, that I that I that I talked to him about. Uh, so that was right before the real main surgery that they were doing. <laughs> yeah, that was the uh, real show, <laughs> dude. That was that was wild going out of the hospital like that. <laughs> so are, are you in technically remission now, or is it just completely gone? So they've removed it. Um, they've checked it out. Um, as of right now, I'm cancer-free. Now, I have a checkup on February 5th. Um, but as of right now, uh, they got rid of they got rid of it. Now, I mean, I'm going to have to be checked up on. Oh, absolutely. Every six months, I think, at least after, after this month coming up. But um, I'm just going to have to be more careful about being in the sun. I mean, because I, mm-hmm. they, were, they were even wondering, am I out in the sun a lot? And I was like not any much more than anybody else. So yeah. they were just more baffled with the fact that it was on my nose. And I think with this kind of cancer, it's, it, there's like a certain percentage that it's not a high percentage that's on your, on your forehead. And then it's like only 3% of that percentage is on your nose. So that's, so you got real lucky there. <laughs> I had a rare. Yeah. And it was from my understanding that it was so rare that being on my nose that they wanted to have like, uh, what's it called? Like when like doctors get together, they they have a discussion about it, right? Oh, they want and just everyone to come in and take a look at your nose and see how things yeah, go, you know? Yeah, yeah, they were trying to figure yeah, you're it out. A, you're a case study now. I'm a case study. <laughs> there you yeah. go. So whatever, and I got a facelift a little bit off of it too, because when they when they, yo, bro, I feel good now. Yeah, <laughs> I was gonna say honestly, you don't. Other than like the slight scarring above your eyebrow, I mean, it's you don't look any different than like you did last year. We I mean, people are a little badass right now, so I'm, I'm going to go hey, with see, it. See, you I'm, know what? You know, Ch- like Chicks like, dig scars, right? I heard chicks dig scars, man. So in, in my You're case, that's a helpful <laughs> thing. You know what I mean? Oh, man. Uh, we are getting close to time because this is probably the longest episode I'm going to have now that I think about it. <laughs> but uh, 
if you're willing, uh, actually, uh, before I, I go into that, um, we talked earlier and you, uh, obviously I plug things like nobody's business. Uh, you are doing, uh, two, uh, walks. Is that yes. correct? Yes. Uh, can you explain those and where are we? Yeah. Can... So the first one, um, I could tell you about, uh, because I know more details about it is, uh, it's called awareness walk. And this is going to be in the oceanfront area. Uh, my thing is I want to do is a 25-mile walk with it. Now, since with COVID, a lot of people can't walk with me because they need a permit, right? Yeah. But I have teamed up with two nonprofits. Uh, one is Aid Another. They specialize in special needs kids and their families. And then the other nonprofit is um, Panda's Fight Against Cancer, which they – deal with people with cancer and families and taking care of them. So I just felt like instead of, I felt when I was laying in bed, when I was going through cancer and I, and I, I don't know, I just felt like I knew that I was going to get through this, you know? Um, I just felt like I wanted to give back and not just for Kellen, but you know, for people that are less fortunate than me. And I know I went through hell with what I had to go through, but there's a lot, it could have been worse. Oh yeah, you know? absolutely. Um, and, and and my son, you know, is himself, you know, he's he's a lot better off than other than other kids are, um, whether we're talking financially or just whatever, right? Yeah. So I mean, there's just a lot of less fortunate people, and I just felt like I should give back in some way. And um, I decided to do, come up with this like walk and raise money as I'm walking. Kind of like almost like Forrest Gump, but actually raising money. <laughs> <laughs> so you're gonna walk across the country. All right, that's cool. <laughs> well, not exactly. Not that but, far. Uh, Just walk so around it, Virginia it, Beach a couple times. Yeah. And, and I scoped out like a 25 mile walk. Uh, they're gonna set it up where they're gonna do. They're gonna be doing a silent auction. Um, so really, uh, it's kind of coming together now. Um, and you know when that's gonna be or. It should be. It's going to be at the end of April, so I think I won't. I don't know particularly yet, um, but I think I, it's like the last weekend of April, so like April twenty eighth or one of those dates, right there. All right, so we'll um, get that date out to everybody when uh, yeah. it gets a little bit closer. I want to go ahead and uh, get that on the Facebook page if you don't mind. Yeah, uh, yeah. So we're working on that. So that's coming out soon. So I just literally had to do what's called a letterhead, uh, which I did a video letterhead with me and Kellen uh, talk. So, yeah, so I sent it off to uh, Aid Another uh, so they could put it on their website, and that's what they want me. They 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 saw that because it's more personal than than just writing out a letter to businesses saying, hey, we're having this uh, walk. <laughs> yeah. You want to help? You know what I mean? <laughs> so it worked out. It, it's going to work out a lot better. Now, the other walk that I'm doing, uh, me and a buddy of mine, we're going to raise money just for autism. Okay, so yeah. that will be the beginning of April. We're going to walk at the Appalachian Trail. And we're going to do a 45 mile walk. That, yeah. Now I'm up to it. Now I keep telling him, he, I hope he's up to it. Right. Cause you know, we're going to be probably, we could probably do it in like two days. Yeah. You know? Um, so I, I'm looking for that, you know, is where we're going to try to do is every mile we walk to raise money. Uh, and each spot, each, you know, there'd be somebody to sponsor each mile basically. Um, and we'll probably record live. Uh, I wouldn't say we were going to record like while we're sleeping. Uh, that'd be kind of boring. But would be, I would. I want to. Yeah. Um, and I definitely don't want to be recording when I'm trying to drink a moonshine or something. <laughs> that hey, uh, you might get in trouble with that. So probably yeah. Good. Let's not have that on camera. Yeah, let's not do that at all. Um, so yeah, it's we're gonna we're gonna we're thinking about doing like a, a live shots with all those. Um, and actually just, you know, spread more just because, like I said, man, it, just to help out uh, with, with families out there that are just, you know, especially these these COVID times, man. I mean, a lot of people are just, a lot of people are having a hard time, man. And I, I just realized I'm just been blessed and fortunate. And I'm still here, you know. That's true, man. I, I look at this, especially 2020. It was a year where a lot of people lost jobs. A lot of people weren't working and a lot of people had a lot of hard times. Yeah. And I, it, I work in an industry where, you know what, if you're staying home, you're going to start noticing bugs everywhere and you're going to give me a call. So I'm still working. So, yeah. Yeah. so uh, I got very, very fortunate over this last year that uh, my wife and I were able to keep a roof over our heads and food in our mouths and, 
everything else. So, I mean, that's, that's really cool that you're doing that though. I really, it's really, Hey fun. man, it's the best way I think is just to give back. I mean, it's kind of definitely something that, um, I've never done before. So it's, uh, definitely stepping outside of my boundaries of my comfort zone. How about that? That's cool, <laughs> I'm used to just taking care of Kellen and, and doing plumbing and now I'm like, oh, gosh, now I got to set up things. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So we are down to the last of it, the final part here. And go ask your father. And the final question, I gave you a heads up. I, I didn't give Dave a heads up. And apparently I didn't give Chris a heads up. But it I didn't gave, matter. I, they still somebody. <laughs> they still did. I put them on the spot. So I got to ask you, who is uh, your favorite TV dad? Oh, man. So you know what? I got something for you. I got okay. something for you. And, right. and this is going to be controversial, but I don't care. Ready? Ready. Alf. 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 Okay. Alf. Explain Alf. this to me, please. <laughs> you know, when I was eight years old, okay, okay. I used to, and when Alf was around, okay, even though he was supposed to be, he was a fake alien dude. He's a puppet. I still looked up to him. He would always have these last ending things to say. I can't remember them, but okay. The reason why See, I pick out is because someone's already picked Tim Allen. So <laughs> actually, no, what? Tim Allen. You did. There's no wrong answer. So Alf is a perfectly <laughs> answer to that question. No. Um, I really, really appreciate you coming on the show, Seth. I appreciate yeah, you being here. Um, I, I, I'm definitely going to have you come back at some point. Um, but so we're going to go ahead and end the show. And the only way we know how, and that's really my son. Hey, Bobby, what do you think? Bye-bye.